That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. The year 2020 is already notorious for how much shit could be fit into 365 days. Marcus, I think we just found out last year. I'm Ray Coop. This is the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll, and we're looking back a little bit this week. You had the idea that we should try to accentuate the positives of the year we just experienced. That is correct. We definitely need to look at some of the positives of 2020. It was a year like no other. It was a year that nobody had ever imagined happened. And every day when you thought things couldn't get any worse, the next day said, here, hold my fucking beer. (laughs) I want to step back to just before the beginning of 2020 When we started hearing about this disease, this virus that was overseas and was a a concern over there and and had started to spread beyond uh, Wuhan, obviously, Mm -hmm. around that time or maybe just before it, a number of the big tours that were going to be part of our 2020 were announced. The big stadium tour with with Def Leppard and all those guys, right? And all these big tours started getting announced. The reunion of the Black Crows tickets went on sale, man. People were like, woo, this is going to be a great... 2020 we had an incredible mmrbq all lined up everybody was psyched about what the concert world was going to be in 2020 then boom <laughs> you hurt yourself <laughs> the so i think i did i think i did I think last year hurt me really bad what i saw when we got into the new year as covid19 became part of our daily conversations because we didn't know much about it when we started the year everybody talks about how different it was at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year versus middle of it i started to think wow if this thing is transmittable by being in a crowd what's that going to do to concerts and all these concerts that we've just been announcing and tours and all this other stuff not to mention everything from the gigantic outdoor stadium tours down to the smallest club stages all threatened by this and all closed by it in short order as a precaution because we didn't know anything at that also in europe the big festivals started getting canceled in right. February or early March when right. when they were starting to feel the hit a lot harder than we were at that time. And, and you know, we talked about it then because we realized you can't be traveling all over Europe, which is what happens around their festivals. It's not like here where we all flock to the closest thing if there is one. People come from all over Europe to go to Glastonbury and this one and that yeah. one, right? So you would have cross state borders over there in the EU, people going everywhere, and they knew that that was going to be disastrous, regardless of whether you were going to be able to go into your local pub or club and see a band perform live. They knew they had something that was a powder keg. You have to look at bands like Metallica, who canceled their shows. You had Guns N' Roses was going to be doing a bunch of shows. We had heard rumors of ACDC in Vancouver recording music, which we were expecting then. The announcement of live tours or live shows from them. Brian Johnson was seen with Angus and everybody in Vancouver. So you had all of that happening, and it it was like this big buildup for what was going to happen in 2020 and it was really exciting the rock and roll music scene was really brewing with a lot of excitement because of all this music all of these great tours that were coming out and then boom all of a sudden Green Day postponed till 2021 a year later Ramstein was going to be playing Philadelphia in September and uh-huh. I am so crushed I had to miss. We didn't miss anything because yeah. they didn't come. It's not that dissimilar in that regard to when a band member gets sick or injured and they cancel or postpone a tour, except for it was every band, every tour, every venue. That's true. And the thing about what you were just saying, the stage was being set for what looked to be this incredible year in 2020 as far as the concerts. They shut it all down. Mm-hmm. 
and the conversations behind the scenes and out of the papers are not good because everybody's looking at the reality. We're all scared for ourselves. So therefore, we're starting to find out that we should also be scared, especially for our older relatives getting it. And the idea of hunkering down to prevent the spread gets traction. People uh, buy into it and it saves lives, even though hundreds of thousands in the U.S. alone have been lost needlessly. But people start to respect what they're learning from the doctors and from people like Fauci, who's starting to become a rock star there in, in March when he's telling everybody truth. The everyday people who come to the club, who go to see their favorite band every year when they come, they are also impacted. Their spirits have been impinged unexpectedly without any warning or reason by this virus, by this pandemic. And yet they have responded in ways that makes me proud to be a rock guy. The bands understood and have done the right thing, even when it wasn't financially the easy thing. The fans have been, despite them missing all their rituals, have been pretty understanding and, and trying to get through, trying to get through, protecting me, protecting you, protecting each other, because they know that's the only way to get through this pandemic. Uh, and vaccinations. Once the vaccinations come, but there are people who are against masks and vaccinations. Can you fucking explain that to me? Or can we do an episode about that sometime? Because I can't fucking handle it. I, I have no idea why anybody would even think that, because what's happening is we're learning about a new form of a mutated virus that jumped from animal to human. We're learning about all of this in real time. So yep. we have scientists and researchers solving a pandemic in real live time. So it is up to us to do everything we can to keep everybody safe. We have that ability. We have that power and we have the decency, supposedly, to do all of that. And I remember the early phases of this and talking to friends over in Europe and watching what Europe was doing because they were so proactive in right. really making sure that people's lives are safe because their leaders were also proactive in working with science to make sure that they lost as few lives as possible. And we saw, before things got bad here, hospitals being overrun. And so the rumors that I was seeing and hearing was that in Europe, they were saying we'll be lucky with live music before 2022. And they have been saying that since the beginning, the beginning of the yeah. pandemic. And in case you can't tell, if you're a listener to this podcast from the way we're both talking here for a couple minutes about this and how it impacted the, 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 the musical flow of 2020, it's clear to understand that we feel very strongly about this and we're hoping for the best for everyone that sur can survive. Every one of us that makes it through is something to be positive about. And that's really what we want to talk about. Uh, the positive things in 2020, a lot of people have uh, become closer to their family members, their uh, their immediate family. People are spending more time together. Uh, people are more focused on what really matters. And um, a lot of them, not everybody, because everybody's different. Mm -hmm. And some people aren't as focused on the positives. I just try to do it every day when I can. Some days I'm not successful. But when I think about some of the things that we got out of, good things that we got out of 2020, one of the first things that comes to mind is the music. And we play some of it on the radio. There's a lot more than what we're talking about here. Gave us something to, to do. You're absolutely <laughs> hey, right. Let me listen to this new album from Pearl Jam or ACDC. Oh, absolutely. And we got lucky that these musicians were still releasing music and they right. were adapting on the fly to make sure that they could continue to do what they love doing. And it was just as important to them as it is to us, you know, and I think probably even though it's not my favorite music, my favorite act of musicianship is what Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day did, where he took those bubblegum covers of the 80s. Yes. Yeah. And just released them on up. Monday, yep. and they all hung out and played them and had fun with them. And just really 
helped shine a positive light in a dark time. And I really think Billy Joe Armstrong and the guys in Green Day were phenomenal as far as that goes, as were so many other musicians who we're going to talk about throughout this episode. But they, Billy Joe Armstrong comes to the top of the list or top of my mind because of what he did. Weren't Armstrong's sons playing with him on the first couple of those? They wanted yeah. to do something. They said, hey, this is pretty good. Internet, hello, knocking on the door. Yep. We're coming in. <laughs> and uh, here's the family Armstrong. I, I like that too. And it was uh, a response. And I think a lot of what rock and roll did right this year, uh, musically and in the, the way they're thinking on things, is respond in a positive way. And I think it's helped a lot of people. I hear a lot of messages in songs. I know that the song from Five Finger Death Punch, uh, a little I'm bit a little off. bit off. Yeah. Would that have been as big of a hit? with people this year or last year or two years ago as it is this year because frankly we've all woken up had that earworm and said i'm feeling a little bit off today yep. i know i have i'm a little bit off today something down inside me is different woke up a little off today i can tell that something's wrong i'm a little thrown off today there's something going on inside me i'm a little bit off today a little bit off today i hear you on that one and that song was written recorded four or five months before uh, any of this pandemic stuff happened See, so that's what I'm talking about the like bizarreness the or the coincidence yes. of it is crazy here and you're all right. the, here they all come the pieces <laughs> that don't shouldn't fit together oh my god it's a pandemic and this song yep. is one of the top songs of the year and, it's weird yep and it, and rightly so i think it really spoke to a lot of people, I think it spoke to a majority of the people who were really struggling in some way or another. As we know, Ivan Moody has a lot of mental health issues, and he works very hard to try to keep them in check. Get awareness. To but, create awareness. Yep, yeah. Absolutely. And I think if you have not seen the video, I highly recommend you check out the video because the video is hauntingly dark. There's an emptiness and a voidness about it. It's one of the powers of video and audio together is that you really feel it. Another guy that we both have followed through the different parts of his career makes a solo debut. Uh, the album Corey Motherfucking Taylor. <laughs> CMFT. CMFT, everybody, you know, gets it. Okay. Uh, and he puts out this mainstream smash, right? And um, it was almost like the feel-good rock song of the year. There was so much out there that was focused or energized towards one thing or another, whether it was politics or what was going on uh, with the pandemic. In the middle of it, he comes out with this song. With, Who did the killer solo at the end? Is that him? I got to look that up. I meant to for today. I forgot yeah. to look it up. I don't know who does Hold it. Oh, on. it might be Christian. What's his name? Hey, research team, it's a new year. Get to work. Yep, you're just one <laughs> step, step ahead. You're just one half step ahead of me, pal. I'm telling you. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, I guess it's more in, in uh, uh, sync with what Stone Sour was about musically and certainly not a slipknot mm -hmm. thing but no. um oh look they, they are refreshed from their holiday the research team just hit me back with a text and wow. said that uh, the Corey taylor band includes a uh, cory taylor christian martucci on That's guitar and vocals zach throne on guitar and vocals so i'm not 100 percent on which one played which solo on what but we're going to look it up even more i'm now now i'm curious i'm going to say it's a combination of both those guys uh, martucci and throne and but that's the kind of stuff that made the year feel better you'd hear a good song on the radio you turn it up loud you roll down the windows in the summertime you put the foot down and you ride and what band better epitomizes that than one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time acdc we should have seen them by now
but what you mentioned earlier was we had heard rumblings that they were up in Vancouver and that Brian was with them. And then we heard more than rumblings. And then we got to power up this year. And I don't know about you, Shot in the Dark and the rest of the songs on that record really are some great music. You know, it's just what we needed, right? We needed a shot in the arm. We needed to power up at that point because I think people were starting to get a little bit worn down. Yeah, we started seeing a lot of these albums in the second half of the year as people yeah. were trying to recover and gather their bearings. You mentioned ACDC. I really enjoyed that album so far. And the way they announced getting back together and reuniting, I think, made a positive impact on the year as well. Because even though we had heard rumblings and knew about it, they really made it official and smacked us right in the mouth with some good old ACDC beer guzzling, whiskey chugging, <laughs> rock true. and roll. I know one thing that you're not going to be surprised about that I was all excited about in 2020. And it was return of the E Street Band, bro. Letter to you, even the mainstream rock stations like the one we work for are playing. Stations that play all 21st century, crunchier, heavier. There's Bruce right in the middle of a letter to you and Ghosts, which really is my favorite song from that record. It's the whole album's great. A lot of great songs. Jamie Needs a Shooter that never made a record before, things like that. But a lot of great songs and some heavy stuff because it's an album about aging and, and how we look at life as we start to get older. All of his albums over the decades have been heavy in some shape, form, or another. He writes to the heart of humanity. He writes to the heart of individuals in societies. And he's, in a lot of ways, very political, whether it be political, political, or personal political. And you had to know or feel that Bruce Springsteen was going to release music in 2020 because of the type of year we had. He's that type of rock and roller. And as you and I have seen over the last couple of years, his live performances are better than most bands half his age. Yep, absolutely. And you know, one of the things that came with the promise of a new E Street Band record was an E Street Band tour. And Bruce is one of the first people who made it clear recently said, not this year, next year, but I've got other stuff. I've been working on it. I got a couple surprises for the fans. And again, in lieu of concerts returning to normal and the normal flow of rock and roll life in the same way, a man who was signed by the same fellow at Columbia records, Bob Dylan releases new music in rough and rowdy ways. And we actually did a, uh, another podcast. We were on with Christian on his podcast, talking about the first single, the, the song, which was the story of the Kennedy assassination. Yep. As I recall. Yeah. A very long song from Bob Dylan, <laughs> kind of like hurricane. Yeah, longer, like two hurricanes in a row, man. Seriously, when Bob wrote that song, he must have written a novel, and then he just sang the novel, and then we got an 11-minute song from him. I can't think of any better way to describe it, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right, given the story. Hey, you know who else put out an album this year? Pearl Jam. Those those crazy kids from the Northwest? Yes, you're reading my mind, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Um, I love the album. It's different. But really, for me, came along right around that time. Uh, Marisa gave it to me for my birthday, and I was like all excited to just listen to it. I listened to it all summer. I still listen to it a lot. Really great songs. And for Pearl Jam fans, we needed a slice of life because that's another band that we probably would have seen on the road with a new album out. Absolutely. We would have seen by now. <laughs> Absolutely, we would have seen them live. And one of my favorite aspects of the new Pearl Jam album is that crunchy guitar. It is so thick and it is so juicy. And it just gives you that early Seattle sound with a little more oomph. And Matt Cameron's drums are fantastic. He's just pounding the shit out of those. And I think part of that is because they're all on that record. Uh, other than Matt, uh, the other guys are all playing different instruments. They're all switching around and doing different things on different tracks. So it gives it that where that feels coming from, I think. And I think they're, <laughs> they had to be sitting there thinking, we're finishing this record. We're going to put it out, right? Mm-hmm. But there's not going to be a tour. The uh, track they did for the album for Democracy, Get It Back. Yep. Uh, by the way, it's nice to get it back. Thank you, Georgia. Um, you know, that came out in the middle of the year, in the middle of the election cycle here in the U.S. And the solo at the end is some of the hottest oh, shit yeah. they've recorded in years. And I wanted to say that about Springsteen, too. 
Um, that's the that and I'm better to use his best album he's made since Wrecking Ball, and that's a long time. And he's made some fine music between here and there. So yeah, he has a lot of fine music, man. This is stuff that was already coming, right? The Killers, yep, and, and maybe their biggest album, big comeback for them. Uh, Huge comeback. Caution still getting uh, hammered on the radio, and the albums up and down. They're actually on my bucket list of bands that I want to see live. I I have not seen the Killers live yet, yep, and either. I love their music. I think consistently they have done it their way yeah i saw them for the first time on the jimmy kimmel show years ago and ever since then when i hear new music from them i'm excited to hear it and look forward to it and i'm rarely disappointed let me introduce you to the featherweight queen she got hollywood eyes but she can't shoot I agree. I can't always say that about a guy who just celebrated his birthday, uh, Marilyn Manson, because some of their music has been up and down through the yeah. years. But they had an album this year. Dirgy, a little bit reminiscent of the uh, Berlin era of Bowie in some ways. But one of the big ones that you and I discussed for quite a while because of the expanded, renewed uh, Wildflowers box set is the music that came along with that. It's been part of the soundscape of this podcast ever since we did the episode. It just kind of works its way in because it's just so fine. You know, the music of Tom Petty on Wildflowers broken down to uh, acoustics in the living room sometimes just him and mike and then all the other songs all the rest as they called it because it was supposed to be a double album the things we put did on that episode you can find in detail just go to um your search engine and type in tom petty or wildflowers and it'll pop right up and check out that episode of the imbalanced history of rock and roll you know, we talk about all these albums that have done really well with mainstream radio, but there were still a lot of other bands that spoke to me throughout the year. The Deftones released the Ohms record. Blue yeah, Oyster like Colt that. did an album. Some of my favorites include X's Alphabet Land. I've always been a huge John Doe, Xine Cervanka fan, and their album is as punk rock and politically charged as it ever gets. Another one of my favorites, Bob Mould's Blue Hearts. He wrote this beautiful song called American Crisis. I highly recommend it's you listen to album, it. Folks. That album is fa- it's a great <sighs> album. Yep, listen to his Husker Do stuff, listen to his Sugar stuff. I would absolutely go crazy to do an episode on Bob Mould at some point because of Just write his, it down. Put it I on the list right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. And then Can I talk about Low Cut Connie? Low Cut Connie, we have to cuz they're band. excellent. Philly band. And and even though they've been around for 10 years, uh, Adam just seems to have broken out in the middle of the pandemic. He's Ooh. made the most of it. He's such a cool guy. Everybody in Philly loves him. Check them out. Low Cut Connie everywhere online and stuff. And then the other album I really want to highlight is the Paul Weller solo record. He was with the Jam and the Style Council, and then he's done a lot of solo stuff over the years. And he's what done are your some. Favorites? Absolutely, my favorite vocalist of the '80s, and he did something that only one other person has done: Paul McCartney, a number one album in five decades. Only one to do that besides Paul McCartney, and that's pretty impressive. But that album is beautiful. You can hear the mod and the soul combined together and the British poppiness, and it's really a well-put-together, beautiful, flowing album. Some of the other really cool albums, Mr. Bungle with uh, the Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny demo, which is exceptional and weird. Pentatonix, just check them out. You have bands like Pussifer, which is one of the many main 
Maynard Projects. Midnight Oil, of course, in a year of big political crisis, Peter Garrett does release an album. Elvis Costello, Blackstone Cherry, Seven Dust. You had bands like the Mountain Goats, the Struts, Alicia Keys, who my son is bonkers for, loves Me her too. music, and I love her music. <laughs> She's a she's a rock and roller. At the end of the day, she is a soulful rock and roller. The Flaming Lips, Seether, Metallica. You had Alanis Morissette, Bush, Lamb of God. I uh, swear to God, folks, he doesn't have these written down his arm reading them back to you. I swear that he doesn't. No, I do not. See, my arm is clear. <laughs> see, see, see. You know, the Strokes release music, the Cowboy Junkies, Nine Inch Nails. So many bands released music. And I'm just going to say, though, that all these bands... A lot of them are artists that live because they tour, uh, didn't get to tour. Mm-hmm. A lot of the ones that would be the the big names that would headline tours. You mentioned my girl Alicia Keys, and Metallica is another one. They don't get to tour, so the people who would get to work for them and tour with them um, don't get to tour, don't mm-hmm. get to earn. The road crew. You've got a whole stack just right here in what we've discussed in the first half of this podcast who didn't get to work much this year. And they're struggling. And these are people that you think maybe are on easy street. What we have found in this pandemic, and partially because of Dylan doing the sale of his song rights, it's brought up the discussion with other artists. And it's brought up the fact that a man like David Crosby, who's part of the foundations of rock and roll with Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and the birds and everything else that he's done in his career, might have to sell his house because there's no more record company income because of what happened with digital downloads. And then he's not able to tour, which he normally does proficiently and quite regularly in different forms. So people are thinking of selling song rights and things like that to make it through because that's what we're all trying to do, man, when you think about it. The hurt we feel about hearing these great musicians and not seeing them. And we have many friends who are devotees of standing, still standing in front of a stage with only a hundred other people watching a band because they dig them and not getting to do that. Even if you can social distance at one of your favorite band shows, it kind of sucks for everybody. I think we got a lot of positive things out of it. And whatever is in our music stack here that we're talking about or things that aren't in our music stack here, they're in your music stack. And they have helped you so far to get through this pandemic. If you have any new music you want to share with us, reach out to us via social media and share us share right. with us some of your favorite new music of 2020 because we'd love to know what helped you through all of these crazy times. And now let's get a beer. I am so parched. Can you hear the yeah. scratch in my voice? I know, all the talking. Uh, oh, my God. Boy, okay. Ira, Ira. Well, we're bouncing into the new year, and there's always a lot going on at Crooked Eye Brewery right there in the heart of Hatboro, York, and Montgomery. A great place to go and get the finest brews in the Philadelphia area. Right, Marcus? Yes, they are. And if you like a dark beer, this is the season for something like their Black Eyed Stout. Fantastic. My favorite of all their beers, even though I've tried many of them. Go right into the brew pub right there in the heart of Hapro and see what's on the board. Take a taste of the stout or anything else and uh, take some home with you, even if you're staying for a pint. And the entertainment's coming back, too. Tony Washington and the Tuesday Night Blues Jam has been starting to happen again. A lot more things happening in real time, live in the pub, and also sent out via the uh, the Facebook page for Crooked Eye Brewery. Live entertainment returning to Crooked Eye as we get closer and closer to full normal resume at some point. And whatever's going on with that, you can find out on their social media, especially on Facebook, Crooked Eye Brewery. A great place, a neighborhood joint, so to speak. Hepper, you're so lucky because... You can just take a walk over anytime and grab a pint of Crooked Eye. I'm jealous. I got to drive. <laughs> <laughs> and if you mention the imbalanced history of rock and roll, you get a free 10-ouncer. It's like a big taster. Hello, may I please have my free 10-ouncer because I listen to the imbalanced history of rock and roll. And we thank Crooked Eye Brewery for their support.
I still got half my 10 ouncer to finish, but I think we can get going on part two of this episode about the positives of 2020, even though it sounds like uh, we're, you know, kind of crabbing about it. You know, the fact is, is you can't talk about 2020 without talking about what we went through and what the emotions of that were for people, because it's the real deal. There was no making this shit up. You couldn't write this. In fact, I, I posted something on Facebook the other day. I said, with a couple of my creative friends, I said, I said, if we wrote this episode of what's been happening, you know, mm -hmm. here in the U.S., if we wrote it and took it into a meeting, like for a TV show, like two years ago, they would have laughed us out of the meeting. It's <laughs> been that bizarre. <laughs> they would have definitely so, said, no way, no way. We, we talked earlier about what happened with live shows and concerts and festivals. When the entire concert and club business shut down, all at once, all around the world, there were a couple of things that helped. Um, we all discovered Zoom and Skype. Hell, we're doing our thing today on Skype still. <laughs> uh, we'll get back to doing it across the table from each other soon. I think we will. Vaccinations will help, right? <laughs> but live streaming music events started happening a lot of pop-up things the, the crooked eye guy started doing the open mic nights and I thought that was cool because it gave people who are uh, crooked eye fans and customers a chance to you know set up at their house do like we were doing now except for it was going out through Facebook on uh, Crooked Eyes Facebook. So I, I think things like that. And then artists started getting into it. You mentioned uh, Billy Joe recording at home and releasing stuff. But a lot of people are like, hey, I could just pop up my guitar and a couple friends stop by. People you know are okay. Or just do it by yourself. And then the bigger ones, you mentioned Metallica uh, as part of what was going on with this before we started rolling for today's episode. But also that unique performance uh, thing at Farm Aid, that was pretty early on. The road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my friends. And I can't wait to get on the road again. On the road again. Going places that I've never been. Seeing things that I may never see again. And I can't wait to get on. Willie and his sons and their guests all kind of made it all work together. But there were so many things popping up, giving people options, not as a substitute to concerts, but so that we could all stay connected somehow. Oh, totally. And Living Color did one concert where they streamed and other bands at the end of the year started doing little pop-up shows here and there. And of course, they were in very tight-knit circles and you would see the band members that weren't vocalists wearing masks while they were playing. And Smart. I thought that was very impressive, especially the musicians over 40, I felt, were really, really tight about that. 50 years old, the older you get, because as we have seen from the pandemic, the older you get, the harder it is to fight this virus because you've aged. So these pop-ups turn into paid live stream special concert events. Uh, we mentioned the Foo Fighters did one. Corey Taylor and uh, Billy Gibbons kind of did like uh, an all-star New Year's Eve thing. I think it was a benefit for veterans all across the whole country and musicians were popping and Joe Walsh did one. It started out as kind of like, how you doing? Just me and a few friends doing a little thing on the internet and everybody kept coming to his aid. That was the one that was for the veterans was Joe Walsh's thing. And that's another way that people have stayed connected and it's kind of neat, but I think that it has to be a temporary fix. We crave being in that crowd, being together when the lights go down and the band comes in from the wings and you see the bass player light a smoke and stick it in his lips while he turns to the drummer and with one, two, three, we're off and it's a concert. Your favorite band playing right there in the flesh. There's nothing like it, Marcus. 
I got hooked on it from the mid-70s when I first started going to concerts. There's nothing like it in the human experience. There are other things that are greater, but there's nothing like that moment. McCartney wrote it about it in the song Rock Show. It's true, and I miss it. Like you, live music is a major essence of who I am. I got hooked on it at an early age as well, but one of the things that I have learned over the years is that you feel the energy of each other and you feed off of each other and that experience is so huge and I was reading a study late night when I was working an overnight shift at the radio station they did research that found that at a live show when we sing together our hearts beat in unison that is power Music has so much power, and to be able to feel that and be that connected with the rest of the crowd singing together and feeling together like nothing else. This summer, the first glimmer in the middle of all this was the Live in Driving concert series. We had one in Philly. I think they had them around the country. Drive-in theaters, long abandoned. Parking lots, otherwise empty of ballparks, were set up, socially distanced, in their vehicles, with Live music coming from the stage, but also coming through their FM radios so that they could stay in their car, be socially distant, and see live music. And we had a few of them that were quite successful here in Philadelphia with Live Nation. I don't know that that's what we need to do long term. I know it helped a lot of people with uh, the churches at one point, those who were particularly uh, devoted to their church. It helped them to get through there. I don't think it's the answer there, and I don't think it's the answer here, but... I was glad to see it happen because not having what we were just discussing is really hard. Mm -hmm. This isn't a replacement for it, but it sure helped. It it was like a Band-Aid on a knife wound, but it helped. That's that's what we're trying to do, folks, uh, help each other to get through so we can get through to the other side and get vaccinated and still wear masks for a while until everybody gets squared away. But we're getting there. But this helped us to get through, as did something that I think a lot of people have become accustomed to at the holidays, uh, which is the virtual Trans-Siberian Orchestra performance this year. Ray Coob and Marcus in the darkest here on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. We're just rambling about the, some of the positive things and ways we got through 2020 together with music. Yes. And along the way, a lot of people got locked down, right? I don't know about you, but there, you know, there's a lot of people. We all know people who were just completely not leaving their house, and some still haven't. In the meantime, there's a whole cycle of artists who are home already writing. And then there were a bunch of people who were supposed to be out doing stuff, touring and whatnot, who ended up being home writing. So you've got a bunch of bands who are hopefully or already scheduling releases of music in 2021 that we can look forward to. And some of them are our favorites, one of your favorites too, Rival Sons. Oh, absolutely. They were in the studio in Nashville a few weeks before Christmas. And rumor has it they're back in the studio which I'm looking forward to work. They're working with Dave Cobb again. I think uh, we're going to see some really nice music, some incredible music in 2021 because of all the emotion, because of all the craziness that we all experienced in 2020. This type of insanity really does well for creatives. We're it's either see... really great for them or it's really bad for them, one or the other, but I, I know what you're saying. But I think at the end of the day, I think we're in a position to see a lot more great than we are negative because I think the musicians realize the power of their music and know the power of their music and know that people are going to be in a better place with new music. Music saves, music always saves, and we've known that for decades. So I think we're. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. There's a lot of negative going out there that people are going through that you're never going to hear about, you're never going to know about, that is part of their process. And think about how. We've all, even though, look, I can hear Lucas somewhere in the background, right? Even though we have people near us that we love and we're around, there are dark moments for everybody. And some of the artists are, they they isolate anyway, some of them. Mm -hmm. And so when they're in that isolated moment, they see the worst. They see all scenarios. That's where the songwriting uh, muse can come from. We see what they release in a really strong rift bouncy rock song like Trouble's Coming from Royal Blood, but oh, yeah. how do how do we know that they weren't hunkered down in a closet somewhere <laughs> four months ago writing it on a back of an envelope? You know, these are the things, and I'm not saying that was what happened, but I'm saying you don't know what they go through. Was Tobias going through? 
he should have had music out by now. I think he went back and started uh, reworking what he had coming up for the next Ghost record and started realizing he had an opportunity there. Maybe that's what the Van, the Weezer guys are doing with Van Weezer. They're gonna re, they were going to release the album right in time to the tour after they had a, a really great one-two singles from the album. And then they pull it and pull back and say, we're going to go back in the studio and make a different record or finish it differently. Yep. These are the things that start happening. You're right. And I'm looking here. I'm looking the first week of February Riding into town like Marshall Dillon, about to kick ass and take names. Dave Roll and the Foo Fighters with the album that uh, looks to be an amazing record based on their first track, The Radio Shame Shane. Shows a different side of the Foo Fighters, and I think we're going to see a pretty great album out of them because they're the type of band who delivers when we need it most. Dave Grohl's you know what I really way. love about that song and it's really great part of that song it's the the violins what are they playing the pizzicata with the boom boom yep. it's, is it pizzicata or pizziola I somebody don't, tell me hey come on you're half hey, Italian help me out I know here. but I don't I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but if the rest of the record is uh, like that I'm going to be very happy too so and we're finally going to get the record that the Pretty Reckless has been trying to give us for months uh, also in February that's true. And then the other day we read about the Kings of Leon when you see yourself album coming out sometime in March. And I was wondering what they were up they've to. They've been you quiet know? for a long time, a yeah, really long time. Maybe yeah. they got into an argument. I don't know. <laughs> a it sibling argument. <laughs> Band stop arguing. We're out of a job here on the imbalance history of rock and roll. <laughs> but I do I am looking forward to the Kings of Leon's new music. I think they've been consistent over the course of their career with the music that they've put out as well. So it's the imbalance history of rock and roll. And this week we're talking about music and the positive impact both last year and some of the music that we're likely to see this year because of the pandemic, whether it's because artists uh, have more time because they're not on the road. Is it because they're inspired by the events of the in the world and what's been going on. Maybe it's a little bit of both or everything. And then, of course, their own experiences. Some of the people that are getting ready to put out records are a little surprising. And some of them are kind of neat to look forward to. And some are still in the process of coming together. But one thing that came out shortly after the passing of his dad, Eddie Van Halen, is uh, Wolfgang's Distance. And there's a whole album coming. And I look forward to hearing it. And uh, one of those things, it's a tribute, but it's also him saying, hey, this is who I am and naming it Mammoth after Van Halen's old name before they became VH is a connection to the family and family history. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing it. I think it's going to be a really good album. That first single is fantastic. I'm so We've always known that Wolfgang is talented. He's been a touring musician with Mark Tremonti, who's a phenomenal guitar player and a really good songwriter as well. So, plus he did the whole Van Halen tour playing bass and he kicked ass when sure. he was on stage. Yeah, he so, he sounded great. The kid is super talented. He's passionate about music. He's got great bloodlines for music and he actually does a great job with what we've heard so far. Word is that Journey may put out an album this year. Neil Sean recently saying that he has the songs and that they're in the process. Now, you never know where they are and how far along they are, but he says he has the songs. The question is, does he have a band uh, because of the internal conflicts that have been going on there uh, between one half of the band and the other? Uh, the question we started asking earlier is Guns N' Roses, what will they do? We heard um, last year, maybe even before that, right around the time when they were thinking about going out for more dates, we heard about them uh, having written some songs when they had some time off between legs and uh, Slash put some good uh, vibes out there about what was going on with those. Duff has also spoken about Guns N' Roses releasing new music in 2021. So if Duff and Slash are teasing it, I'm more yeah, apt I... to believe them than I would say the publicist for Guns N' Roses speaking on behalf of Axel because, and I'm not saying that he's dishonest or anything like that, but he moves at a slower pace than the rest of the guys in the band when it comes to the releasing world, new music. The rest of the world, yes. <laughs> he's on Pierre Standard time. Knowing that they're not on the road where they thought they would be, hopefully they committed some of their energy that they felt comfortable with in reaching out. Get things moving. Um, word is that Ozzy's halfway done a new record, so that should be coming out sometime this year as well. 
Mm-hmm. I'm also looking forward to Gojira and Mastodon. Two of my favorite metalers are scheduled to release albums in 2021. And Mastodon has been working on new music for quite a while, as has Gojira. So we're going to get punched in the face by both those bands in 2021 for sure. And the band that first kicked you square in the solar plexus, Black Sabbath Volume 4, <laughs> the Super <laughs> Deluxe Edition, landing on February 12th, I could tell you. Four CDs, new mixes of some of the songs, alternate takes, all the all the other stuff that was on tape they never put out. They want to put it out there. And it includes like thoughts from the band members. Pretty cool. So that's all coming out on February twelfth. Now guy I grew up with, you know, not together, but I listened, he played Alice Cooper. Uh has gone back to his roots with an album called Detroit Stories. And he's brought back the surviving members of the original band in a tribute to his city of birth. And I can't wait to hear it. That's all I'm going to say. It's it's coming out at the end of February. We should be getting something in the mail from them or via email from them <laughs> soon. And all I can tell you is the boys are back. And I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to hear that one as well. Also, somebody we've talked about over the years, Billy Gibbons, is doing a record. I am curious to hear what he's got in mind for his third solo record because dude can get some cool people to play alongside him, which makes it a really fun album. Um, He left Judas Priest, but K.K. Downing's got a new record he's working on. Again, not quite all out there as to when it's coming out, but it's supposed to be coming out. But we know Greta Van Fleet, day after tax day. <laughs> the Battle at Gardens Gate. I love their titles, man. And I like that first song. I know a lot of the fans had a big online fight about it, but uh, Greta Van Fleet, one of the best young bands out there. Pound for pound, round for round. Ladies and gentlemen, Greta Van fucking Fleet. Yes. It's time to head back our way as Delco's own Todd Rundgren is going to be releasing a trippy album. We're talking about Space Force, which shows Todd Rundgren has a sense of humor, too. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man, that's great! You know the music's going to be fun to listen to, but uh, and and in this the first single, espionage, and a man who always pushes the edges of the envelope, Rob Zombie, coming back with the lunar injection Kool Aid Eclipse conspiracy. You know, I might have to get a tinfoil hat to protect myself from that one. No kidding, and we might have to hide in a lead room. It's his seventh solo record, if you can believe it, Marcus, and that's, you know, after putting out some amazing things and doing films and, of course, In and Out of White Zombie, but a uh, new album from him. We were already playing the new one, The Triumph of King Freak on yeah. MMR. I've been playing a lot on the late night Me hours. Me too. You know? I've been playing it on the overnights and Time on the seven late to night hours at WMMR.com, yeah. This is an impressive list of albums, and this doesn't even touch the surface of what we're going to probably see in 2021 because people are announcing that they might be releasing albums. I've read yep. that Anthrax has an album scheduled to be released. Ashes Divide, Billy Howardell of A Perfect Circle, Avenged Sevenfold, Jerry Cantrell's got a solo record coming out. I read out. about that the other day, yeah. Those badass Mongolian throat meddlers, The Who, have a follow-up coming out. Megadeth, we've read about King Diamonds even in the studio recording music. The Melvins. Metallica is going to do a studio album versus that badass symphonic album that they released in uh, 2020, which is S&M 2 Ministry as well. So this is an impressive list of music that we could see in 2021. And that doesn't even include what we haven't mentioned or have no idea about. A wise man once said, think globally, act locally <laughs> to get all this back, to get the concert life back to get to go see the people we're talking and, and, and vibing about, that we feel passion for, to go see music again. There's a simple guide. First off, continue to wear your mask. Freshen them up once in a while for yourself more than anybody else, okay? Or get more Tic Tacs. That's what I had to do. <laughs> and the, the other thing is to continue to like you know, use uh, sanitizer and wash your hands and keep your distance even when you're masked up, okay? And then the vaccines are coming. And you have to talk to the people in your life that you care about for them to understand that when the vaccine is coming, especially if they're offering it to them, the answer is yes. It's like Jim Carrey in that Yes Man movie. Yes! 
Marisa said they wouldn't give it in the ass. They would give it in the arm, though. And I would take that on the podcast here to, to show Me that too. it's safe. But I think that if you want to get back to concerts, that's what it's going to take. People are going to have to be vaccinated. and They're going to have to accept some interim situations that aren't exactly what we want, but that will get us back seeing shows. And I think we get that back. And I think things start to feel a little bit better for a lot of the rock and roll crowd because we can do things together. It's going to be a while before we're going to feel okay. You're right. And uh, and it's just forward. What's the Genesis song? The only way out is through. And, <laughs> yep. uh, and I think that's true as ever. And so let's just keep on keeping on and keep doing this uh, crazy podcast. Did you have fun today? I had a great time talking about music today. Anytime you talk about music, it's relaxing. It's refreshing. There's just something about the way it fires the endorphins in your brain and just gets you going. It's music. That's probably why we, we do this podcast. You know? It's <laughs> absolutely why. It's your rain for the cashole. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely are all about music. So, yeah, music is life. And we all get to feel that when we go see live music. And let's hope that we can feel it together again soon. I want to give them homework right now. We want anyone who's listening and near their email device to send us an email about that moment for you. When it comes to rock and roll concerts, email it to imbalanced history at gmail.com i want to hear your favorite moment like marcus and i were just discussing and that is going to have to do it for this time my friends i say we double back to crook and i our sponsors here on the podcast anybody near hapro pa go fill your growler your crowler and say hi to the guys and uh, the great folks and we thank them for their sponsorship things are happening there but they got some events going on there uh, online and in in the venue coming up so follow them on facebook and follow us on facebook instagram whatever you want twitter we're on all this stuff uh, just like everybody else we are the imbalance history of rock and roll on the pantheon podcast network i'm ray Koo. i'm marcus in the darkest and thanks for listening to the imbalanced history of rock and roll on the road again just can't wait to get on the road again the life i love is making music with my It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.